Hi, and welcome to Mind the Millennial Gap. My name is Chris, and I'm an elder millennial. And my name is Jillian, and I'm a younger millennial. And together, we discuss topics from our viewpoints across the different ends of millennialism. And we are so happy to have you here with us. Hey, Jeej, how you doing? <gasps> hey, Chris, how are you? I am a little bit cold. The weather changed. <laughs> the weather did change. <laughs> Under know. a blanket. <laughs> I know, look at us. <laughs> well, here we are, uh, episode two, live, stream, yeah. live streaming on Twitch. This yeah. will get released in a couple days, but uh, if anyone's subscribed, I haven't even looked. If anyone's subscribed on Twitch and wants to join us, can see it happen we'd, live. We'd love to. We'd love to see you. <laughs> but everyone else, thank you again for showing up. Thank you again for listening to what Julie and I want want to talk about. Decide to talk about. We have a good time doing this. Anything to add, Jeej? No, not at all. We're just very grateful for you, everyone who listens. Awesome. Today, ooh, had a lot of things like thought trains to go down for for this week's episode but something caught my eye and i just had to like put all the other things down and i wanted to talk about this and it's somewhat pertinent to like the last handful of uh, weeks of our life too right interesting i'm fascinated by what you're going to talk about like very interested to know what it is you haven't told me yet yeah exactly and so um i found the uh, just a short article from this time, I will use the Pew Research Center yes. as a topic. Yes, go Pew! <laughs> but uh, there was a small article out that talked about how... Uh, I'll give everyone the title. So the Pew Research Center, uh, U.S. millennials tend to have favorable views of foreign countries and institutions, even as they age. And we have a couple bullet points to go over, yeah. right? Yeah. But I know um, when you and I, when we talk about being American and doing other things and going to other countries and mm-hmm. things like that, uh, you tend to line up to wherever is best for your points of view, regardless of country sometimes, right? And so we talk about Scandinavia sometimes and we're like, that seems really cool, the, the positive things that are portrayed to yeah. us. But it's like, what are the Jillian views on, on your side of uh, the millennial couch over there when it comes to just other countries, other places, other cultures. I'm fascinated by it all. I think um, it's very interesting to learn about like the different dynamics that exist in every country and the peoples within the country. Human geography was one of my favorite classes in high school. Human geography? Human geography. How does that differ from regular geography? Um, it was, I don't quote me here, it's a long way, long way back in the memory banks. Um, but from what I remember, it was the study of like, populations and people Ooh. yeah and it was it was very interesting so it took kind of a statistical geographical approach to populations and i remember learning about how some countries population is shrinking some is growing what are the factors behind that um super fascinated so like that level has still continued on that was part of my undergrad as well um and like now i still I'm, I'm just fascinated by the world around us. I would love to go travel everywhere, see everything, meet all the people. Um, Chris and I tend when we travel within the U.S. and without the U.S., um, we'll always hit like the big things to, to do. Like in Athens, of course, we went to the Acropolis. But our favorite thing to do is kind of get out of the city, go, go find smaller places and just really roam. Um, and even in big cities, we pick a place and we just start walking a direction and see see what there is to see so 
Yeah, very, very into it. Very open to it. Would love to travel more internationally. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a common goal we've talked about yeah. recently. It's like once at minimum a year, go find somewhere new to go experience. Yep, definitely. So let me take you through some of the the questions that made up the article when it came to the U.S. millennials and just kind of just gen- their views, right? Yeah. And so one, the very first one, it says, uh, opinion on China has fallen across most generations, but younger adults remain more positive than others. Interesting. And so it's like, you know, China, a rising country, uh, a big economy, lots of things. Uh, There's also negativity in the news uh, around China. I'm not one, I don't know how to substantiate it, but there's apparent human rights violations in the north of China. There's, uh, uh, I guess intellectual property that's sometimes at risk. If, if you deal with China and communism control, all of these things that come across more negative, mm-hmm. uh, to a U.S. experience, like what you've had experience with China one yeah. and, and being a residence there as well. But like, how do you sit? So Chris and I were both residents of China. Yeah. I was, when I was, I was much younger than he was when I lived there. Like I have early memories, but not like super strong, super strong memories of there. Um, but I think like some of these negative things are more indicative of the government than the people. And like, that's where I always fall is like, yeah, I might I definitely don't agree with human rights violations of any sort. Um, of people not being able to give, to have like the freedoms to do what they want or um, when people are mistreated because of religion, race, anything like that, absolutely not okay. But again, more indicative of a government than I think of people in general. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and sometimes it, it doesn't mean always that like those sentiments aren't held by people in general, but like on a person to person basis, most people are really wonderful and I don't feel that way at all. I don't feel that way about really anywhere. I don't know about everywhere, so yeah. I don't know. But um, yeah, yeah. Where, where do you sit? Um, I think it's quite impressive things that they have done. Yeah. Uh, for the people of China and for the country of China, like really bringing it out of an agrarian mm-hmm. economy and into a manufacturing and exporting type of things i think that's obviously lifted economically some of the population Mm -hmm. um i find them to be a bit heavy-handed generally like you stated when it comes to government only uh i lived in hong kong for a time i have affinity for that that city it's a beautiful wonderful city to go and explore not a big fan of uh the chinese government coming and maybe I don't know. Uh, how do I say this correctly? Taking away some of the the promises. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call them rights, but promises that were there uh, after China took over Hong Kong in 1997 and, and the time period of autonomy that they allowed. It makes me sad for some of the people I know over there and for how, I guess, heavy that is uh, from what you had. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, I have a... I know it's it's such a like um, flashpoint for in in the study. Uh, it's very obvious. So it says that uh, 
32% of millennials. How does this go? Hold on. Um, 32% of millennials are favorable to China when asked that question. Uh, 23% of Gen X, 21 of Boomer, and 18 of the silent generation. That's very interesting. I, I don't know if I want to get like too far into this, but it, it would be interesting to hear like why they hold those sentiments. Right. And uh, I don't know. Obviously, we, we live in a, in a community, and some of the commercials here are, are more local to our community. But when I'm at the gym in the mornings, you can't help but see some of the TVs and like some of the things, some of just the binary results when yeah. it comes to America versus yeah. is is a bit just dis- bit disturbing to me. Yeah, and absolutely. I wonder how that connects to like older generations and why that's a that's a tool that can still be used. Right. I'll never forget that one commercial we saw. <laughs> yes, it, it is a little bit wild here. Um, but that that is really sad. I think it's one thing not to agree with certain like practices, but to like label a whole country as like unfavorable in your opinion, I feel like is mm, terrible. <laughs> like yeah. I, that's like you said, very binary. It doesn't take into account all of the beautiful, wonderful things. And if you just label that in your head as bad, I feel like you're missing out on so much wonder. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So much wonder anywhere. Yeah. And it's like, give yourself a spectrum, right? Always. So Always. next one. Count um, me count me in as the thirty two percent that are very favorable. Extremely favorable. If you yeah. asked me that I'd be like Overall I'm, wonderful. I'm, would love yeah. to go would love to go see the wall. Would love to go experience would love to walk around Hong Kong with you. Would love to go experience some of the, the beautiful things. Yeah, absolutely. Favorable for sure. Uh obviously everyone has room to improve. So I'd I'd love to see yeah. people's uh lives improve there from what information I have. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All right. Number two. Here okay. we go. Uh, views of Russia are also <laughs> down across generations, but younger Americans remain somewhat more positive. Twenty-five uh, percent of millennials uh, have a positive outtake of Russia. Twenty-three of Gen X, fourteen of Boomer, and eighteen of Silent. It's almost the same type of like scale again of that. And so Russia recently in the news for uh invading a sovereign nation of ukraine uh no real like active war it's a really interesting dynamic over there it's a horrible horrible circumstance for so many people and then uh russia generally a booming energy economy uh starting to consume a lot more as as a first world economy uh nuclear power and and some of the nuclear powers there as well I really haven't had an opinion of Russia in my lived experience until the Ukraine. Yeah. How about you? I mean, Russia has been very long on my to-go-to list, mostly because they house Rasputin's... um, Member. Member. Thank you. I was like, how do I say this (laughs) (laughs) politely on the internet? Um, there and I love Rasputin in every sense. Probably not a good guy. Help everyone but, understand Rasputin. Uh, if you, if I don't know if that's a common thing. So if you've seen Anastasia, you know you kind of have an idea of who Rasputin is. He was um, an advisor to I don't know. He was involved with the um, the the Russian family there it's the whole Anastasia story is like right around that time right with the downfall and everything and he was more than anything he was a mystical advisor um and I am 
fascinated by him. Oh, and he was supposedly had a very, very, very large member. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and so it's actually in in glass in Russia, and I really want to see it. I do have a thing for seeing people's body parts that are thing. I saw I saw Leonardo da Vinci's finger. That was really cool. Um, but yeah, would love to see it. So Russia's been on my list for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Again, I do not agree with. Just app like what they're doing to Ukraine is is really not acceptable. Yeah. But at the same time, like that is in my mind, those actions are actions of government and not necessarily representative of the people there. So I would count myself like, am I in favor of Russia bombing Ukraine? No, zero percent. But I am in favor. Like I respond favorably to Russia as a whole. I would love to see the beautiful like architecture there as well, not just the. The oh, the member yes. itself. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I think one thing to know, um, uh, I think over 14 years, this was tracked over time. Yeah. Uh, the outputs are the ones of the most recent uh, survey input. Mm-hmm. But for, for no, um, I guess uh, millennial Americans generally are down 44% mm. on, yeah. on Russia on the whole. Obviously, the other gen previous generations down a, a little bit more there i yeah end of the day i i really think people outside you know if you can remove the influence of thought as a government is constructed around the mm-hmm. people that uh they govern in that sovereign territory yeah people are generally great yeah yeah right and there there are exceptions right like sometimes the government is representative of the thoughts, opinions of um, the people it represents. And sometimes those opinions are less than we would want them to be kind of as a human family. But yeah. Oh, it's really it. I'll save that thought. I have, okay. I have a pretty interesting <laughs> thought towards the end there. Okay. So Russia down, down overall, but millennials most favorable of all the generations yeah. there. All right. How about here's one. Uh, younger generations tend to be more favorable towards international organizations generally. International organizations uh, being uh, the European Union, NATO, some of, some of those organizations there as well. Uh, up a little bit. However, millennials, 70% are, are favorable of these international organizations. And then Gen X, 60, Boomers, 57, 56 for the silent generation. Me, I don't have enough information on NATO, the European Union, or anything like that. And so my millennial brain goes to, yeah, I don't know anything bad, so I guess I am. I don't know how many Mm. people actually answered (laughs) that way. Um, But when it comes to the way people construct, you know, the European Union exists for monetary reasons a lot and diversity of economies within the continent there but the european union's really around like the euro right um gosh the euros gosh so someone if i say a year i'm gonna get it wrong but in the last 20 plus years i want to say european union has existed in its more formal existence and Governments gave up their local currency for a centralized European Union currency, uh, the euro, except the British. I don't know how those guys got to get in, keep the pound, and then tell everyone they're going to peace out. 
uh, years later when they didn't want to be part of the club. Regardless, I don't really have opinions. I don't know if you have formed opinions, any information on that. It's really not anything in my, that's maybe probably pretty American of me, but it's like not a topic I'm knowledgeable about. I'm not super knowledgeable about it either. The one I am really in favor of is anything related to climate change, because I think a lot of the countries that are involved in these like climate environment summits um, are a little bit more progressive than America tends to be as far as what's being done to protect Hello, kitty. <laughs> the climate. Oh, Everyone meet podcast. <laughs> meet. She is hanging out. She's jingly too. <laughs> yep. She she can't be tamed. Um, hello, Godiva. But uh, so I like that. It's almost like because I and that's very biased, right? Because that reflects my views. Like I want the environment to be a major focus, and so I like when the U.S. is involved in those things because i feel like it's almost like okay it's representing even if like our country isn't great at doing it by itself like if you're involved and you've you've made agreements like that kind of forces you to to do it what are you doing the 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 (laughs) podcast might have to invest in a kitty crate this is this is true she (laughs) i keep going i can't sorry for all of you ear listeners there's a cat just just hanging with us just chilling hello um yeah so that's that's the only one that i feel like i have strong opinions on i would say yes Mm -hmm. based on that everything else i'm with you not super super well informed yeah all right next one are you ready for it ready okay older generations of americans are more likely to see their country as exceptional so um now Mind you, all of these are down over the period. So over a period of eight years, every generation is generally down on their um, American exceptionalism. Uh, Silent generation being at 40% see America's exceptional down from 50%. Boomers, not much change at all. Gen X uh, at 26, down from 39 and millennials 22 down from 27. And so I think that just general exceptionalism or like American superiority. The, I don't know the right words to, to use in this sentence, but it's like there are oftentimes uh, through the lived experience of being an American where you're just like, this is, this is the, the place. This is what it is. It's great be proud of it. You know, there's songs written, there's parades, there's all sorts of things. I just find it very interesting how the ages stack up with that thought and that is generally down across all generations. Thoughts? So many thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think as the generation, especially for our generation, we've talked about it before, we're seeing like the so-called American dream that our parents grandparents have had before us kind of disappearing like not being as realistic for us or as attainable as before it's, it's so, having to morph and change and it doesn't look like it doesn't look a previous one yeah yeah so i wonder if that contributes to it i also think i wonder about like we grew up kind of in the age the first age of the 24-hour news cycle 
And I wonder if rather than just getting highlights on the hour, now seeing news as it comes in, and news is typically sad, right? It's not great, but it paints a realistic picture. So I wonder if seeing more and more of what's happening in, kind of contributes to that. You're getting a wider view of what's going on in different places and your own backyard. Um, and I, th- I think with more information, people are less likely to believe propaganda. And I think a lot of the rah-rah America is so great. It, I don't know. It's, it's not something I personally buy into. Um, I don't think America is anything special in a lot of ways. I think we do offer some, some good things here. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't think it's the best country in the world for <laughs> sure. Not for sure. Not to say I'm, I'm not grateful for the, the privileges I have living here, but, um, I wonder if, if that's kind of it. We have more access to information, seeing, seeing how other places operate, live, and, and maybe are changing values as well. We're working less or want to be working less. We have different values outside of work. Um, yeah, maybe some of those things. I, I've said this not in every episode, but more than a handful of episodes. Yeah. It's the internet. It's the internet. It's Tell the, me more. It's it's access to information. Uh, the internet's gotten so big, so now yeah. it's a fun. Now you kind of have to say, well, there's so much information. What do what do we think is the most like realistic <laughs> information, Stop. true information, whatever that is, because the internet's so wide and so full now but i i believe you're absolutely right i think um the internet is a very powerful tool uh and that even to your point i didn't want to use the word propaganda because there's a large large area of spin that fits under that so it's like truth like truth spin and then like propaganda uh does exist in in many forms we mentioned can it be, have truth to yeah. it right it's just it- something that encourages a certain reaction outcome right yeah yeah. no exactly correct and so like the american exceptionalism and all of that i can i can see it in my general Mm um i guess year to year is what i'll call it not day to day i'm not looking for it right but year to year down across all generations (laughs) but our generation being the most like pessimistic about it right i've watched um, a lot of my friends fall off of like Fourth of July and Thanksgiving as holidays they celebrate or acknowledge or like kind of like even the people that went all out for them it, it's not as much there anymore just by my observation too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's I, I I find it interesting like especially as a kid where you know Lee Greenwood's proud to be an American plane in the background, some iconic pictures of things that are very American. I don't know, but bald eagles and apple pie uh, uh, just there. Right. But it's yeah. kind of like that seems to have also, um, faded a bit as well. Yeah. And so to your point, yeah, it's really interesting to watch how, how our generation, like maybe boycotting is the word, but it's like, choosing to do something else it's true it's true and after roe v wade this year was overturned a lot of i noticed there was a big drop off in people celebrating america after that within my friend groups and 
I wonder as we kind of went through a restriction of rights and something that is not unexpected to keep on happening this next judicial year, whatever it's called, like if that's going to, if the freedom is going to feel less freedom for more yeah. and more people. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Last one real quick. Um, older generations are more likely to see the U S <clears throat> as the world leading economy. I don't know why this one <laughs> matters as much, but it's quite interesting to see like, it's ex- it's exactly what you you'd expect. Oldest generation to youngest generation and their percentages of that accepting that that thought, right? Uh but 51 51% of millennials in the survey still felt that it was the leading economy. Is that still what like general transactions are measured against? Like is it like this is what is compared to the dollar cuz I thought it was the the pound on or the euro. Oh, I think well, when it comes to, to measuring like, things, there's so many different okay. metrics to go off of. Uh, it, it may just be a function of imports, exports, GDP. Yeah. Who knows? I, we're not an economic podcast by, by any means. Chris is an economist, as he told me. A trained yeah. economist. A trained economist. I do have a piece of paper that says I went to school for that. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of like that. that seems to... The only time I hear economy is when it's working against me lately. Interesting. Right. That, like in my mind, when I think of like economy, I'm like, I don't think about, the, gosh, this cat. I know. I don't think about, uh, is, is the American economy bigger, bad, or better than any other of them? I'm like, American economy is kind of punishing me a little bit recently, and so I'm not worried about what's ahead or not ahead at this point. Interesting. That's like, super interesting. What about you? I don't think I know enough or even have any sort of formed opinion on this. <laughs> Grateful for my economist partner here. I think it's just very interesting that we can um, have, I'm going to call it thoughts to the spectrum of thoughts to facts installed yeah. in us. And depending on when it's installed and how many times it's been, <laughs> how many times it's been like fortified or just reinforce there how much we just accept that as the unchanging reality Mm -hmm. and don't want to necessarily question or think about any other options that might be there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Our brains are good at hiding away or discrediting anything that isn't like so far back in that rebar. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's super interesting. (laughs) Interesting take. But it just, it, it it generally just makes me sit there and think it's, you know, are we, are we in a place in our society that we're just very open to accepting more? Like things are less and less binary as we get more and more information. Like I, I see in my limited international travel, there's always a couple country culprits out there the the british the australians they are going to any and every country that they that they can just to experience it right um when it comes to like expatriating and things like that you can see that um a bit as well and it's like we've had we've had the question ourselves it's like hmm is there is there another place that we could be that we would actually enjoy more yeah and it's like that's generally kind of where my head is. It's like I think it, I think it's a very, very enormous life decision mm-hmm. and an enormous life step. 
and uh, probably more than likely quite cumbersome to, to accomplish, to expatriate to another country. But I think you at least see a lot more millennials trying to enjoy mm-hmm. other places, other peoples, other cultures, other countries yeah. a lot more than ever. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. Absolutely agree with you. Um, and again, I think that comes down to, in some ways, the internet, like we keep talking about. You really like... <laughs> through Instagram, through like uh, social media, through the news, like you're you're learning a lot more about a place or having your eyes open to new places. Yeah. But I can definitely see kind of the pull to make some more semi-permanent, bigger life changes too. And and with like communication being so great as it is, like reaching out to family and stuff is is pretty easy. And we've now lived through a time where you had family outside of the state outside of your quarantine bubble like you already did it for a little bit right (laughs) yeah no i think just generally i know i read an article Uh, again everyone i read i read articles and then i give them just a logical filter (laughs) and say hmm this math doesn't line up or this was math that got like thrown a single direction didn't have the other one considered I think generally millennials are just very willing and open to the to the concept that there's more. Yeah. Right? And I think more and more we actually don't I think my my last well one of my last points is we actually conform less and less to traditional news funnels is what I'll call it. Yeah. So I don't necessarily want to say news channels, but there's some traditional cable news channels, there's your local news channels, there's some big places on the internet that people typically get it. And I think our generation is either consuming news less or consuming less of these, uh, known destinations for news. Generally. My favorite news source is TikTok because I hear something that intrigues me. It's like so tuned to what my interests are. Here's something that intrigues me. And then it's easy to go be like, okay, cool. Like I got the 15 second version. Like, let me go look into this and, find out what's real (laughs) so yeah i think i mean that's dangerous too because that's misinformation like abounds but (laughs) also yeah kind of consumable bite-sized something something a little different that our niche that our generation's doing now i personally i personally like breaking points so uh julie and i obviously are not sponsored as we uh talk about these uh, different platforms but uh breaking points i really like what they do there i think sometimes they choose some topics that are a bit odd but i also understand someone has to fill a show up do you want to explain what breaking points is oh yeah for for a lot of people who don't understand uh there was um a channel i think it's more of a internet channel than anything called the hill there are these two uh uh anchors on a show and they just kind of went through the the news of of the day and provided information and strong you know built not even narrative built a constructed like thought train through whatever topic they were and so uh the two of them crystal and sager uh said hmm we don't necessarily still like because they came from the more traditional uh news places one of them was at cnbc and one of them worked for i want to say the associated press or something like that they were in the white house core of of the media and they wanted to get out of that they went to the secondary place 
they still didn't like what they were being forced to do and some of the thoughts that they weren't allowed to share. And so they went and created a YouTube channel, took a risk on themselves, and it's it's paid off quite well. They've, they've done quite well. They're able to do the news the way that they think that the news should be broadcasted, and they're not limited by, by anything. So they have a podcast and all those things. I enjoy them. I enjoy most of their thoughts, and it's refreshing that I get a little bit more news and a little less opinion. They are also on different sides of the political spectrum. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I totally forgot. Yeah, so one of them is more Demo Democrat representative, and the other one is more Republican representative, and they show that dialogue can exist between two different ideologies and different like thought trains yeah. there. Yeah. And so it's, it's, re it's refreshing. It, but I really think that we don't consume sensationalized news as much. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. Like, any time I catch it at the gym or anything, I'm like, oh, police. <laughs> no, no. No, thank you. Right, exactly right. <laughs> and so, generally, I know um, Americans maybe aren't looked at favorably. Oh, at, we got a heavy dose of that in Australia. <laughs> as, yeah. as they travel. And yeah. so, uh, Julia and I were confused as Canadian uh, more than once in Australia. Yeah. And so, it's like, apparently, I'm not stereotypical enough to be first choice American to yeah. people, which and I don't know, right? I was great with it. I was like, sure, I'll be Canadian. <laughs> They're wonderful people. But I will say um, our Australian experience there, obviously uh, Greece, we didn't have as many conversations as we weren't knowledgeable of the language yeah. there, but um, Australia, I, I recognize that when when you had the opportunity to have an engaged conversation, everyone wanted to know how true the news was that they were getting about America was. Everyone wanted an American to fact check what they were being dished out. Did you catch that? I did. And unfortunately, we had to tell them, like, yes, it was. Yes, just and sometimes as worse. Bad. <laughs> yeah, yes. We did have a president that did say those things and did act like that. <laughs> But again, not representative of everyone. Yeah. So I hope we were good, like, just, yeah, good examples of, I hate that word, <laughs> good, I don't know, good, good, an alternative view to, to the news. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I, I, I found this to be an interesting topic. Thanks for going over it and reviewing it with me today. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. So, um. Everyone, uh, I know that Twitch is relatively new. We've added uh, a handful of platforms. We're still, be patient with us. We're uh, still trying to figure out how to consistently take care of some of the technicals to make those things happen. Uh, but you can find us on Mind the Millennial Gap on Twitch. You can find us Mind the Millennial Gap on YouTube. What are our other ones, Jillian? Mind the Millennial Gap Pod on TikTok. Mind the Millennial Gap on Instagram and mind the Millennial Gap at gmail.com. <laughs> there you go. And by, by no means are we saying that you should or should not think differently or better no. or worse about any one uh, different culture than us as Americans. <laughs> this was just a very interesting topic to see how the generations reflect uh, similar questions in our American experience. Yes, Chris and I try to be very inclusive of, of anyone despite their viewpoints and how they differ from ours. So if you have another viewpoint 
Vanessa, like, know that this is a very safe place. You're very welcome on this Absolutely. channel. We would love to engage with you and, like, learn more from your viewpoint because we, we are always learning. Like, Chris has opened my eyes to so much, and um, we just, you guys are a wealth of knowledge and experiences, and we would love to learn. Yeah, and so whatever platform you all want to engage us on, please, we welcome it. We'd love to talk to more and more people as we uh, build this podcast yeah. and build the community uh, within it there. Yeah. Anything definitely. else, Gage? Nope. We love you all. All right. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.